play action. Jones steps up right down the middle of the field. It's touchdown. Devontae Smith cannot be stopped. A truly special performance by the Heisman Trophy winner. Three touchdowns in the first half. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Where's he going in the draft? Absolutely nobody knows. Nobody knows. That, that's what we've learned, especially over the last 24 hours. It's Joe Ostrowski and Chris Raji here on BetQL Daily on Twitter at BetQL Daily. We're here weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on the BetQL Audio Network. Check us out live on the Odyssey app. Uh, check out the app so you can listen and subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast. We bring in Matt Bowen at Matt Bowen 41 on Twitter, seven-year NFL safety, NFL writer and analyst for ESPN and NFL matchup. 13 days out, Matt. Uh, I'm just going to take a wild guess that you're thinking, all right, can we just get to the draft already so we can figure out all this stuff? I, I can't take more of these rumors for the next two weeks. Well, obviously starting at number three, right? With yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the thing I say about San Francisco. When they moved up to make this pick, there's a couple of things. One is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe in the current construction of their roster, that they are one player away at the quarterback position from making a deep run and challenging for a Super Bowl. The other thing is that Kyle Shanahan believes in his ability to evaluate the quarterback position. This is going to be the head coach's pick. And to fit his offense, one of the most heavily schemed passing offenses in the NFL, that caters to the quarterback position and sets them up with more defined reads and defined throws. It's a system I would want to play in if I was a quarterback. Very similar to what we saw guys last year with Aaron Rodgers, his MVP season in Green Bay. That's a heavily defined offense. And I think sometimes people look at that term as a negative. It's not. You want to put high-end talent in a defined throwing system because with that defined throws, someone like an Aaron Rodgers, they also have the movement traits, the playoff schedule when necessary. They can also take the one-on-one throws and win with anticipation and location. So for me, I think you guys too, the draft really starts at number three to see which direction San Francisco goes and which quarterback Kyle Shanahan truly believes fits his offense. It might be the most simplistic way to put it, Matt, but it it seems to me like whoever they draft, Kyle Shanahan will figure it out with that guy. Like I think he's, he's that good. But obviously you want the best talent available. And you were talking about, right. you know, placement and um, Justin Fields by some considered the most accurate. Some people think Mac Jones is the most accurate of the remaining quarterbacks. Who do you think would fit best in San Francisco? Well, I would just say this. If I was making the pick, I would I would choose Justin Fields from Ohio State. I would bet on the high-end traits, the physical tools he brings to the position. I do think he can fit in the schemed offense the same way we saw last year with Justin Herbert in the L.A. offense. You know, scheme throws, scripted verticals down the field. Use the traits, the mobility on movement concepts. And you can also scheme them as a runner. Same thing we saw with Herbert. And I do believe that Justin Fields is a pocket thrower that can be schemed as a runner. You use those dual threat traits inside the low red zone, plus 10-yard line and in, in third and two to six situations. And I think in today's NFL, guys, yes, you have to – I'll say this first. You have to make the routine throws. Well, you understand that. You have to be able to throw from the pocket, throw with anticipation location, and make the routine throws. But also with that movement ability, I think it gives you so much more options from an offensive structure. 
and you have that second reaction ability when your primary and secondary reads are taken away, when you feel pressure, that ability to escape, extend, and create as both a runner and a thrower, I think that's what Justin Fields gives you in terms of playing in the schemed offense in San Francisco. So if I had to make the pick, I would take Fields over Jones. And that's not a knock that says Jones can't produce that system. I think he could, guys. You know, Jones is that anticipatory thrower who does win with accuracy and location. I do think you'd be a fit in San Francisco. But if I'm in that position, a top five pick, I want a quarterback with high-end traits. And you get that more with Justin Fields. Matt, we haven't seen a draft like this before. So you, you can make the case that, that after those first couple of picks, like you mentioned, it really starts at three. You're right. And then after that, I, I, I don't know what we know. We didn't have a combine. Right. We, we had some of these top players not play college football last year. You didn't right. have any private workouts. Uh, it doesn't have to be strictly quarterback, which is obviously the number one storyline going in. But what do you think we know? I mean, other fits, other positions. Do we really know anything? Uh, I think we know as much as the, the tape is going to tell you. And I think it's really a lot of projecting the season because of the reasons you just said, Joe, um, because the evaluation process has been cut down. But you can always rely on the, on the game tape. You have to rely on the tape, your college scouting department, your coaching staff, how these prospects fit on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, what their developmental track is expected to be. But there is going to be – I believe a tougher time this year in a complete evaluation so what do we know obviously we i think joe we know that we could see five quarterbacks in the top 10 to draft mm -hmm. i think it's going to be a, again uh, a very high level wide receiver class we understand that but outside of the top 10 i think there's going to be picks that we didn't anticipate joe and when you get the back half of the first round i think there's gonna be a lot of names in the back half of the first round that are not in the mock drafts we see daily now in our business. You know, uh, Matt, there have been, well, there probably will be quite a bit of movement on draft day, especially when it comes to those, you know, top 10 picks. And one mock draft I saw had the Broncos moving up to trade with Atlanta to get number four. And even though the Broncos have Drew Locke, would they be, better served by by finding another quarterback potentially if it's if it's one of these five well i guess it would be remaining three quarterbacks that we've been talking about beyond um you know wilson and lawrence w would they be well served to go do something like that that's a great question and i i've had discussions about the same situation because it does start a little bit there too with atlanta what does atlanta do you know is atlanta given matt ryan's contract are they going to pass on a quarterback you know, do they take a Kyle Pitts or do they move back like we're discussing now? Because Denver's interesting. Uh, for teams that are behind Denver, I had this discussion earlier this morning, teams that are behind Denver, do they have to move up in front of Denver if a quarterback starts to slide a little bit? Because Denver has to ask themselves, is Drew Locke our answer at the quarterback position? Now, Drew Locke has traits. He, can, he, he has mobility. He has the arm talent. But his play on his NFL tape has been very inconsistent. So Denver has to ask themselves, can we make a run with Drew Locke? Because they're, have, they're building a defense now under Vic Fangio that can play at a playoff level. There's no question about that. So what do they want out of the quarterback position? Is Drew Locke the answer? If not, do they move up to get a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, or a Mac Jones? And I don't know that yet, but it's also interesting to bring that up about Atlanta moving back because Atlanta is one of the more interesting teams to me in this draft as well. 
just because of Matt Ryan's contract, you have a new coaching staff, you have an offense going to feature run heavy with play action, defined throws, scheme verticals down the field. If you're talking about a fit right there, I think it's Trey Lance. This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Chris Ranji. Our guest is Matt Bowen, at MattBowen41 on Twitter. You see him on ESPN. You read him over there, ESPN.com as well. And, Matt, I think you're right about uh, the quarterbacks. Probably going to see five go in the top ten. And history tells us two or three of these five are going to be busts. That, that's just what we know. That's, that's what's happened time and time again. Uh, maybe even four. Which quarterback of the five – uh, has the most question marks. Oh, man, that's tough. <clears throat> that's really tough. I, I think you could – oh, let's put it this way. I think this is an easier way to answer. I think you, there are certain things you can question, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. You can question Mac Jones um, and his lack of high-end movement ability in today's NFL. You can question Trey Lance, his lack of experience and the competition he played at the collegiate level. I wrote a report on Trey Lance, and I said he did not see consistent NFL competition or consistent NFL situations at North Dakota State. You can question the competition that Zach Wilson saw last year, you know, a non-Power 5 schedule, and his one-year really high-level production at BYU. So I think there's – there's with these quarterbacks, you can question a lot of things. I don't know which quarterback is going to be a bust, and I've always said about the NFL – and for every position player, but more so for quarterback. The system, the opportunity, the situation matters more than anything. The talent around you matters more than anything. That's why I think if you're talking about San Francisco at number three, you want the best situation, that's the team. Mm -hmm. That's the team that has a roster that can contend for a playoff spot right now, that has the offensive line, has the run game that you can lean on has the skill talent at the wide receiver in the tight end position. You want a great situation? If I'm one of these quarterbacks, that's where I want to go. Will the Bears be able to, if they wanted to, and I don't even know if they would want to, trade up from their position at 20 to maybe get in on this mix with some of these quarterbacks? Because I've I've, I've seen mocks that have... Um, you know, Mac Jones, like as low as 14. So would they, would they trade five, six spots up to get in on one of these? And do they even have the capital to do it? Um, I think you, what you just said there could happen. You know, you move up five, six spots. I don't see the bears having an opportunity to get into the top 10. I just don't see that happening. And you know, I could be totally wrong, but based on their draft capital and what they can offer to move up, it would have to be, like you said, if a quarterback starts to slide. And we don't know who that is. And maybe that doesn't even happen. But if a quarterback does start to slide, I can see the Bears doing that. Because right now, with the Bears signing Andy Dalton, they are on a path to live year to year at the quarterback position. That is extremely hard to build a consistent program when you're doing that. You need an answer there. If Andy Dalton is your answer for this season, you still need a future answer. Someone you can develop and play in your system and solidify that position. Because right now, the window on the Bears is getting even smaller. You know, given how their defense has progressed the last couple of years and the players that are not going to be there this year from that defense. So that window is getting even smaller. You need an answer at the quarterback position right now. Like what is coming out of House Hall, that Andy Dalton is going to be your week one starter. That is fine. But what is your future answer for this position? So if the Bears don't have an opportunity, who are they target on day two of the draft? Is it a Davis Mills from Stanford? Is a Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Do they have a high enough grade on those prospects that they believe that can be developed and can be a future starter for their team? 
Uh, Matt, what we've been seeing over the last week in uh, a lot of mocks is Michael Parsons falling and same thing with Devontae Smith. And over at points bet, they they have the same over under. They're both at 11 and a half. Uh, you can bet the over or under. Uh, what do you think about those two players and may, maybe where they're going to go and their pro prospects? Well, you start with Parsons and, and, you know, the linebacker position is, you know, you usually don't say you draft a linebacker in the top 10, right? But Micah Parsons, I'll tell you what, uh, when we're doing the matchup show for our draft specials, is we always look at the Super Bowl winner, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone in the league looks at the Super Bowl winner in terms of roster construction, scheme, how they use their personnel. You look at Levante David and what they did in that Super Bowl, and Devin White, what they did in that Super Bowl. The pursuit speed at the second level, the, ability, the coverage traits, the drop-in coverage, the massive tight end, the ability to be schemed as rushers. Micah Parsons has high-level traits. He's got explosive traits at that position. He can do those things and be an impact player as a stack linebacker. So I think Micah Parsons is right around that range, Joe, right around that range because he does have impact ability. Devonta Smith, you know, Devonta Smith, people are going to bring up his size, correct? I understand mm-hmm. that, but you turn on the tape of Devonta Smith, his, his competitive traits, his route-running ability, his explosive play ability, what he can do after the catch. Now, with wide receiver like that, they can be schemed in today's NFL. I mean, that's what the, the league has become more about. It's motion and movement with your wide receivers. You can use different alignments to get Devonta Smith free off the football. You can put him in pre-snap motion to get him the matchup you want. You can scheme him on open window throws. I think Devonta Smith goes before pick 11. That's just my, my feeling on that. Now, is that going to happen? I don't know that. But in terms of the traits and how I would grade him, Joe, yeah. yes, he would be in that area. Well, many of the experts have either Chase or Smith or Kyle Pitts, you mentioned earlier, as being one of the the first picks that's a non-quarterback pick. Um, is there anybody that could slide up in front of those three? I think the only, if you're talking from an offense perspective, you have to mention Jalen Waddle from Alabama. You know, because Jalen Waddle for Alabama has playmaking ability. I'm thinking he can be deployed or utilized like a Tyree kill. And I'm not making a player comp here, so to say, but more about how that can be utilized in the NFL. You know, Jalen Waddle can also see, see the football on manufactured touches, fly sweeps, jet sweeps, reverses, screens, backfield alignments. There's so many different ways you can utilize them within today's NFL offensive structures that he's a player that could rise. Matt, we've been uh, talking about the, the first offensive lineman to go, and for so long there's been this assumption that Sewell's the guy. Uh, Ross, uh, when he's on the show, he's been talking about it for the last couple of months. He's like, the more people I talk to, they think it could be Slater. Like, There's a decent chance yeah. that he's the first offensive lineman to go. Uh, what do you think happens? I still think Sewell is the first offensive lineman, but I, I, I would agree with Ross that Slater has that ability to be a top 10 player. There's no question about it. And I think really the tackle position comes down to what Cincinnati does at number five. Mm. You know, is Cincinnati going to draft a tackle at number five? To, you know, they have to upgrade that offensive line around Joe Burrow. And I'm a big believer in Joe Burrow. I think he's a high-level talent. They can play a long time in this league and be a productive player for a long time in this league. But you have to upgrade the offensive front in Cincinnati. Or does Cincinnati say, look, the draft is seven rounds. Yep. It's, a deeper, it's a deeper offensive tackle class than a lot of people believe. And if Kyle Pitts is on the board number five, do they say, let's add another dynamic playmaker with Joe? 
No doubt. Uh, sorry, short on time there. That's Matt Bowen. Great stuff. Read him. ESPN.com. Big news in the sports betting world. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network.